welcome to this Christmas edition of Turf Talk, the busiest period of the racing calendar and so much to look forward to once Santa has been. Uh, we're recording this on the evening of the 21st, so we do have a little bit more information about who will be running where on Boxing Day, but beyond that is anti-post prices, but prices there are. Prices we can punt and pigs in blankets. James Watson, can he? How are you doing, pal? First of all, pigs in blankets are massively overrated. Check my opinion out there first. Oh my word. It's just sausage and bacon. Just have a sandwich on Boxing Day. No big hype about pigs in blankets. Load of rubbish. Anyway, great racing on Boxing Day. 11 meetings to feast our teeth into. An, an interesting King George with hopefully some nice angles into it um, and plenty of other good grade ones on, on the card at Kempton as well as a decent card and a, one of the best roller merits for a fair few years at Weatherby as well Yeah, so much to look forward to you Jim I get your point about pigs in blankets the thing that pisses me off right is you start seeing it at Christmas like Marks and Spencers and Tesco Finest Crisps uh, and it'll say pigs in blankets favour. It's just it's smoky bacon. bacon. It's smoky yeah. bacon. It's the exact same flavour, but you've called just it something to make it sound posher and put it in a different packet. Okay. Ah. Pigs in blankets are the most overrated thing in the whole of the UK. Well, apart from Shantry House this time last year. Ah, uh, he went off favourite for the King George. He went off favourite. Thank God there's some actual decent horses in it this time around. Uh, that's where they'll start, I think, Jim, of course, the centrepiece of the, the Christmas feast. The turkey on the dinner, as you call it. Uh, Brave Man's Game is 15 to 85 to win the King George. Lom Presse is twos. Hitman, 11 to 2. Onvar Allen, 15 to 2. Royal Pagai, 16s. Frode on 18s. Ahoy Senor, 20s, same price, Eldorado Allen, and 50s, Miller's Bank. For a long way out, Jim, this looked pretty much like a Brave Man's Game benefit, especially after the Charlie Hall. But in the last couple of weeks, it looks like his task has uh, certainly got harder. Hitman, impressive at Haydock, and, you know, there's no secret the regard the Nichols can't hold him in. Lompresse, now confirmed going for the race, ridiculously good at Newcastle. And Onvalen didn't, uh, didn't do himself any damage when winning at Down Royal last time out. Shaping up to be a decent race here, mate. Does Brave Man's Game get another grade one success at Kempton over Christmas? Like I've said for a while, and I haven't always been Brave Man's Game's biggest fan, but Kempton three miles, he's, he's banged what he wants, isn't he? Uh, and if you you can see two to one around about him, I'd be all over that every day of the week. I mean, Lahom Press is a horse that I hold in very high regard, as many people know. He's my idea of a Gold Cup winner. Uh, I know we've seen Galapand de Champs during the week this week, but Lahom Press has he's he's not slow and he's not fast. Like if you go back in Lahom Press's form, and I've seen people saying Kempton might not be his track. But he's got the pace to win over too far, we've seen before. We saw him win round too far around Sandown, which is a quick enough track where he absolutely obliterated the field. He won round too far at Cheltenham, eating nice horses. He's not, he's not, he's not slow mug. It's not like he's, he's the big breakaway run against Sean Blue in that Corto Scrap <laughs> novice chase that year. Like, Mahon Press is a, is a serious threat. His price is, now ridiculously short in my opinion. If he was around seventy two, four to one, I'd I'd be more on the home press's side. But the fact that the money's come for him has, has made me edge a little bit more to Brave Man's game. Obviously won the, the Corso Star last year on Boxing Day. Since winning that race, it looks like it's been tailor made for him. Um, and obviously you've got former winners such as Fraud on in the race. Hitman's the up and coming star. But I mean, I'm a fan of Hitman, right? But beating Earn River by 11 legs, impressively, in a graduation chase at Haydock, does, is that really the form of Lahon Press winning off top weight in a handicap, Brave Man's game, obliterating the field in the Charlie Hall, 
and Voile winning a grade one. I think his price is ridiculously short, Hitman, and I'd happily probably lay him. Um, and I'm going to could sound absolutely ridiculously stupid there, but I'm not on Hitman's side at all. A horse who's not exactly got the winning feel for racing an awful lot, gets his head in front once, and now everyone's getting a bit hyper about him. Not for me at all. I mean, I could be an absolute lunatic, but during the week, I had a little nibble on the horse at yard at 33-1. And with the application of cheek pieces and a very aggressive Derek Fox ride, I could be very interested in, in a horse at yard at that price. Uh, he's now down to 20s. He's bumped into Braveman's game last year. If he was given a more aggressive ride and got Braveman's game out of his comfort zone a little bit later, I don't think it would have been as easy, but I think Braveman's game would have beat him. And for that bigger price difference for two horses that ran against each other last year that were significantly shorter, I think they were both went off like even money, 11 to 10 apiece. A high senior at 20, well, 33s during the week. I know he's got the entry in the role of Merrick, but it's quite clear that they're going to go for the King George. I, I thought was interesting. If he's bigger than 16 to 1, I'll go in again because I do think he's overpriced. Uh, I respect Frodon, but his times are more than likely gone now, in my opinion. And that was shown in, in the Betfair chase. He was never really going to win that race at any stage, I thought. He was never really in, in, in as good a rhythm. I know it's dangerous to underestimate a former King George winner, but he's he's not getting any older. And Nichols has probably got two better horses up and comers in, in the race against him. And no, we get and and the question of Envoyland stepping up to three miles clearly saw significant improvement. But how good a form is that beating Ken by by a length and three quarters? Was it really that good? Um, Galvin obviously didn't fire. Conflated has been flattered since winning last year in that Dublin Racing Festival Grade One. Seven to one again for me is slightly on the short side for a horse who I haven't exactly had as much of a love affair as Lewis has had. Um, I think the the market is in favour of Lahom Press, but the fact that the money's come for him has made me very, very much on board Brave Man's game. If you'd have told me like this time last year, I could have got two to one Brave Man's the Brave Man's games were in the King George, I'd have been pretty happy about it. To be really honest, yeah, I kind of understand that, mate, because it it kind of looked a done deal early, and I I, I think if Lon Presse wasn't involved here, and I'm glad that he is. I'd have it as a, a pretty done deal, Brave Man's game. He'd be odds on, wouldn't he? Surely he'd be yeah. odds on. Uh, so impressive at Weatherby. But I think he'll lose this. I think Lon Presse does him. I don't see the weapon in Brave Man's game's arsenal that Lompresse doesn't have equally as good. And I think there are things Lompresse does have that could, in certain circumstances, make life trickier for Brave Man's game. That, uh, namely, I think Lompresse is a superior stayer to Brave Man's game. I... They're very evenly matched in terms of, you know, they're, I, I see them off as speed three milers, definitely. Well, speed three miler might have been a little bit, uh, a little bit over the top with Long Press. Eh? Like you said, he, he's got a lot of pace. Similar to, to Aplutar. I see him in the Aplutar mold. Uh, whereas, Bayman's game is more like a Clanders Oboe. If that makes, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, different different types of horse. The best piece of form on offer going into this race is Long Presses winning the Brown Advisory last season, in my opinion. I think that race stacks up so well looking at it with a Hoysenjor who did what he did at Aintree and just has bundles and bundles of natural talent. You've made your case for him. Deadly honest, mate. I'd be quite happy to to be against him here for all the talent he has in in the world. Just uh, it's purely price price orientated that me during the week. 
I just couldn't let that. I couldn't let a high senior go at thirty three. No, I, 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 and I get that. I, and I get that. I, I just, you know, it. I, I have to desert him here. But Guy Adamanil, Capadano, Dusat, filmed the through five. You know, it, it, I think it was it was a really really decent race. And Lompresse was just so controlled. Everything he did at Cheltenham in every stage of the race was the right thing. And I, I felt he had a little bit up his sleeve at Newcastle on his comeback, beating a, a really informed horsing into overdrive. Uh, and yet, look, it, I was going to say it's almost like a home game for Brave Man's game. But there's no blatant reason why, you know, the track and trip at Kempton shouldn't be spot on for Lompresse as well. And I'm confident in in my opinion that Lompresse has so far achieved more in his career than Brave Man's game. Yes, I don't agree with that. No. And I'm a huge Brave Man's game fan. I'd love to see him in this race. I'd love to see him, but two to one, the pair of them, Lompresse has to be the bet, in my opinion. And like you, the one I don't like at the prices is Hitman, who is surely priced on rep. Well, reputation, again, he's probably a little bit too strong, but he's priced on what he could do rather than what he has done. The three horses that I've finished running up to him over fences are Mac Lamand, Captain Cuckoo, and Earn River. You know, like, at the end of the day, he hasn't won a good race yet in his career. And we have no evidence he stays three miles. Yeah, that's my other point. Do you think he, in the pedigree, there's nothing that screams to me at three miles? And not they say Kempton, the soft three miles. But this is a grade one run at proper pace. Is he really an out-and-out three miler? No. Again, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out of being able to at least have some sort of impact over the over the trip on the other day. But this is one, you know, this this is Brave Man's game who, who looked to King George Horse from the from the first moment he jumped a fence. You know, to to think that Hitman could prove better suited by the test the the King George provides than Brave Man's game all on Presse. I just find it uh I find it a little bit Fanciful. He's there. The, the, there is stamina, I guess, in his pedigree. He's out of a he's out of a Martelline mare, uh, you know, that who obviously produced pretty much every grey stayer you can think of: Dinast, Ramsey's Detay, uh, Disco, or Martelines. But yeah, he he he's not for me at the price. I think eleven to two is far too short. Uh, Frodon can't win. Royal per guy isn't going to be quick enough round there. It wouldn't shock me if Miller's Bank run into a place at a massive price. Yeah, I've seen a few people put him up, and he's a nice horse, but he's like very good round entry. But the step up to three mile might be something that he wants. He was staying on strongly, wasn't he, last time at Huntingdon? Yeah, he'll stay that far, and I like Pictori. As well, I think I think he's a borderline grade one level horse nowadays. Um, no, I think he's a bit of a soft git who needs his own way in front. Can throw in the occasional jumping <laughs> error. I, I mean, Miller's Bank's the same though. Miller's Bank can often throw in a, a bad round of jumping, um, and he's jumping and needs to be on his A game. But the step up to three miles is something I've been wanting to, them to do for Miller's Bank for a long time. Um, and I mean, El Dorado Allen, we shouldn't just rule him out. Quite as much. I mean, he was only uh, three and a three and a half lengths behind Brave Man's game at Weatherby. I know he was well beaten at Barcelona over a, a certain distance, but he ran on strongly over the three miles at Weatherby. Back two furlongs today uh, on Boxing Day. Sorry, I won't quite rule him out just yet. I think he's slightly overpriced. Uh, get you kind of from uh, from an each way point of view, but. He's not going to win the race, but he's probably going to be placed. Or he's more than likely going to be in the first five, for example. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get that, but I, I, I think I'd say similar things about about Miller's bank, who is more than double his price and is pretty much unexposed at three miles. And as you said, given given how he ran in the Peterborough, you'd, you'd expect it to suit him. Uh, the one we haven't mentioned is Envoy Allen. Well, you, you touched on him briefly, Jim. Uh, I guess he, he will need to step forward from his down royal success. But that that was so much better than anything we saw from him last year. Yeah, and he did an awful lot wrong in the jumping department. Like There was a few mistakes around there. I think there was one at the seven. The second out, he made a slight error. And he was almost hanging a little bit, I thought. like Just hanging fire almost, as if to go, like, I can't remember how to win. Um, but he stayed on strongly in the end. And there was enough there to, to warrant his place here, obviously. Um, and the three miles around Kempton, I think we'll see him into better effects, but... I'm, I'd like to see Envoyland do it again, uh, and I'm. I don't think it'll be here, but I do think he will win another three-mile grading chase in the future. But this race is slightly better than the most King George in recent years. I, I'd like to think. Yeah, I get it, mate, and I think he'll like Kempton. Uh, I think fifteen to two is about fair. But yeah, and, and like I'd rather back end while I learn at that price than Hitman. Agreed. Agreed. I strongly agree. With that, mate, uh, wrapping it up for the King George, mate, just one name. Who wins it? Braveman's gear. Ah, yes. I love that. I've got to take you on. Lompresse wins the King George. I'd like Braveman's game to win. Lompresse to finish four lengths behind him and drift out to about 10 for the Gold Cup and we go again. <laughs> that's what I, In a dream world, that's what we'd like to see. Watson's trying to McNally the Gold Cup. Thank God, thank God you don't own a horse. In, uh, in the new year, Watson's Kitchens Limited will be a new company. <laughs> <laughs> I will be seeing that on a Rogue Traders. <laughs> yeah, by July. That, that what's he called? All right, will be. Uh, I'll be on the one shot soon. Yeah, Christ, it's a good job. It's a good job that that's a, a long, long, long way off. Uh, the long walk, Jim. Rescheduled from Ascot, obviously, gives the race a fairly different complexion. Uh, Champ is five to two to beat Miranda, who is three to one. Paisley Park seven to two, Goshen fives, Botox has has thirteen to two, not so sleepy. Fourteens here, mate. Interesting race on paper. I think on on all known evidence, though, really. And again, you were you were dead against him when he won the the long distance hurdle, and I I thought he was a, a pretty pretty solid proposition. And Paisley gave him a real real scare, but. I find it hard to see Champ getting beat here. It's the freshness thing that worries me. And I know Nicky was quite confident confident the other week. He was going straight to Ascot from there. Normally they, they keep him fairly lightly campaigned. And the extra week will probably have helped Champ. But he's better fresh, isn't he? Let's be honest. Um, of course, being Champ have a very hate-hate relationship. Uh would I back him at five to two? Probably not. And is the mighty Miranda going to beat him? Yes, she is. Uh, a, a horse that absolutely adores Kempton. Uh, is she a ridiculous price? Yes. If, if you'd have told me when she finished pulled up on that handicap debut after two wins in crap races around Ludlow, that I'd be having, owning the smallest of small shares in a, in a horse that's going to be second favourite for a grade one major race on Boxing Day. I'd have laughed in your face. Uh, but Miranda has taken us on some journey. Doesn't win an awful lot. Uh, but when you, she most wins when you least expect it, I think, to find. I, know, I mean, she's won seven times out of the 16 over hurdles, but some of them races you think she should have been running better than expected. Uh, she can throw in the occasional stinker. The, the change from the long walk to Kempton is a massive plus for me. 
he quite clearly loves Kempton. He absolutely obliterated um, elusive Bell here uh, a few years ago in 2019 in a handicap over two miles. She walked over Martello's guy and Ollie, uh, Molly Ollie's wishes at Kempton early on in that list in that uh, listed mares hurdle. This is a massive step up again, and she, on the official rating, she's going to have to step up significantly. But I'm I'm hoping for the best. I'll, I'll, I'll probably back her, and I think it's a ridiculous price. And she's taking on Paisley, who three mile around Kempton will not suit him whatsoever, will it? Um, but the horse that does interest me is Botox Hearts. He is, he is rapidly on the improve, and I feel like he has been around for a, a decent amount of time. I mean, he, he won his juvenile hurdle in 2019, and he's possibly gone slightly under the radar. I mean, that win of beating Getty Tonic in the, in the former fixed brush is a, is a solid enough run, I thought. He's given an excellent ride off a of mark of 144. He had the seven-pound frame taking it off, but you cast your mind back, he's he won the Grade Two National Spirit. Fought well, beating Bruno for Storm, Mon Morale, uh, Garzior Dreams. No mugs in behind, and that was a bit of a surprise that day. And um, of course, he's going to be the lesser fancy of the Gary Moore duo because Gorshin stepping up to three miles here for the first time uh, is certainly interesting. Um, but once again, do you want to side with Gorshin? Probably not necessarily. Um, but Botox has at the prices is the one that does slightly interest me. Um, clearly still improving. The step up to three miles, he seems to enjoy. He was second at Cheltenham in that pretense handicap and then topping it off, winning off 144 in, in that fixed brush, I think, was a was a career best. And warrants his, his chance in a grade one three-mile third. Yeah, that, that's all fair, mate. That's all fair. I think it's probably a no-bet race for me, mate. But I, I, I kind of think Miranda's second fan by default. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's not really anything anything she's achieved, and I, I, I do really like them there. Paisley Park just, just can't have him round Kempton. Goshen is the one I think it could be the flyer of the Ottoman, although that being said, Botox has, has, has had a really, really good 2022. You know, although the national spirit was probably a very, very winnable race this year. And I'm, I'm, I've just got to take, take the opinion that the form of Champ and Paisley Park and the race they've been competing in is just superior to that that of the opposition here, and you know it's it's not a hard decision to make when it comes to which one looks as if they'd be better suited by Kempton. Uh, yeah, not the strongest opinion in the world for me, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of landing on Champ as a process of elimination type thing, but. I, I think he he has a most in his favour here by by a fair margin and five to two. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't put anyone off even if I don't really want to play myself. Not not my sort of bet. Yeah, it's not an awful, not a it's a good renewal of a Grade One long walk, and I'm glad they've rescheduled it. But it's not the classiest of renewals. Of three mile hurdlers. I mean, there's some nice old names in it, but other than that, that's about it. Yeah, mate. Do you have any opinions on the Cotto Star Novices Chase McFabulous six to five favourite to beat the mighty Valley Griffin Cottage eleven to four, Jolino Bello seven to two, Time Hill six, Galia Delato eight, and then Mortlock the outside of thirty threes, Jim. Uh, McFabulous. Uh, it just makes me so angry that I backed him when he when he uh, was pulled up at Vincanton on his chasing debut, and I forgot he was winning the other two starts. Disgraceful. I'll let you talk about Valley first, because I, I really like what he did first time out over fences, and I'm sure you would like to whitter on about it more than I would. Yeah, no, he was brilliant on his chasing debut. 
and he beat a horse who I rate in Beauport. Uh, whether whether that rival was perhaps on his A game uh, is up for debate, but he showed us something that he didn't show over hurdles, uh, which was pace. And again, I'm I'm not sure Beauport is a paceiest animal at the trip, but ba- Bally looked speedy that day and was and was very very impressive from having almost looked outpaced at a stage in the Albert Bartlett to come back and do that, but he was always going to be a better chaser. Always going to be a better chaser. Uh, yeah, he was good. He was good. And 11 to 4, I think he's a very, very decent price for him. Do you think the hay dot softer ground suited him over a shorter distance? Uh, perhaps, mate. I don't expect it to be too, too different at Kempton. And he's... he's He's not really been tried on anything particularly testing so far. The softest, uh, we, well, uh, the softest time form ground he's ran on was was just soft when he won at Lingfield, and that that looked like it took staying that weekend. But uh, it's uh, so far I've, I haven't seen anything from him to suggest he'd be he'd be hugely inconvenienced by by the expected ground, which. It'll, it'll probably be good to soft-ish. Similar, similar comments apply to McFabulous, who I'm glad he's getting his act together. All offenders, because he's a horse I've I, I grew to like, and I wanted to see over a fence probably a season before they actually did with him. My only niggle uh, would be that is he too well. Six to five. Is he too short for beating a horse in Time Hill, who I just wasn't particularly convinced by on his chasing debut and wasn't again uh, when McFabulous beat him? He's far too short. Let's, let's get this right. McFabulous is the worthy favourite, but eight to eleven around about him, six to five, does not interest me at all. I mean, I'd rather have the other Nichols horse who's jumped horrendously right-handed most of the way around Exeter beating City Chief. He's running two nothing races. This is another major step up. But And I know there's question marks about like grade one, he won at Aintree last year. Um, the horses in behind haven't exactly pulled up any trees, but I mean, Crystal Glory's probably the only one that's won a nice novice, well, won a novice chase only who says nice. It was probably around Hexham or somewhere like that. Um, however, at the prices, I'd rather back Jolino Bello. Um, Time Hills, like I said, we were quite strong against Time Hill last time and, and we're in favour of McFabulous. And he coolly put him to bed. He jumped a lot more efficiently. Um, I, th- I think Valley's a slightly too short a price, if I'm being honest. And, Agreed. Agreed. Um, like in as soon as as soon as going into this season, I thought Valley screamed national chase. But the fact that they're going for this grade one over three miles makes me think that they're gonna give him a, a proper three mile chasing grade one campaign this year. Um And you gotta think as well, mate, wide open at the minute. They're eleven to one the field anti post for the Brown Advisor. Yeah. In this day and age, eleven to one the field, three months before a Cheltenham Festival grade one. Which is which is ridiculous, and to be fair, short of price favourite for this, and you'd normally expect them to be prominent in the betting uh, for the Brown Advisory. But McFabulous has just never appealed as a Cheltenham horse. Yeah, it is pretty mad that that they are centre on the field in that because you look at like El Fabiolo that won today on Chase debut. He's gone to sixties in the Arkley, which is ridiculous. Anti post markets are completely gone. Um, would would that even only have him third favourite as well? He's appreciated shorter yeah, than Fabiola. Yeah, appreciated fives and he's sixes. So there's there's literally no breathing room in that in the Arco market. Um, McFabulous, like you said, doesn't scream Cheltenham horse. I'm glad they're giving Valley Griffin this sort of campaign now. Um, and it's a it's an interesting race. It's probably not going to be a betting race for me, and it's normally a race that I'd love to get my teeth into. Um, 
I like Bally Griffin and, wouldn't, and I like McFabulous, but I, I don't believe that their prices are reflecting that. And for that reason, I'll happily watch him win. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to have a strong opinion, mate, but I think I'm kind of a... kind of falling down a similar side. McFabulous is a correct favourite. I think Bally has a chance, but 11-4 to 4, probably a bit short. If there is a bet, it might be Jolino Bello at 7-2, to two, who is pretty much untested over fences. Have him on two Mickey Mouse contests. Mm. Albeit, okay, at Weatherby, Lockdown Rocco is, is half decent, but it was a a race that was almost impossible to read anything to give Angelino Bello just beat him by half a length. And then, you know, won a, 20, won a, won a match at Exeter on his next start. But he was progressive back end of last season. Struggling, mate. Uh, but I hope Bally wins and then goes on to win at Cheltenham. Tactics will be interesting here because we've seen them all go forward in small run of novice chases. It'll be interesting. To, like, I obviously think Bally Griffin stays well, doesn't he? So they're going to have to push the pace forward with him. I wouldn't be surprised if Gelino Bellows uses a little bit of a sacrificial lamb for McFabulous to take on Bally. And McFabulous just sits in behind. Time he'll be at the back jumping like the big breakaway did in this race. Like, he's not made for chasing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'd go that far, but he he doesn't he didn't appeal to me once he went over fences, as McFabulous did, as Bally did, as Giuliano Bello did, as one who was going to significantly improve for a fence. Hmm. And, okay, yes, he was a top-class staying hurdler. Top-class staying hurdler, but exposed. You know, exposed, as, he's probably about a mid-150s horse, if he translates what he's doing over hurdles to what he does over chasing because the staying hurdles hurdling division is always worse than the staying chase division mm. so you know he's he's meeting younger horses with more potential than him and uh, I say that it's he's <laughs> the same age as McFabulous and only a year old and Bally Griffin Cottage but they feel like they're from different generations yeah completely uh, but yeah, oh, I, I, I can see him running, running all right, but ju- just just think he kind of lacks, lacks the scope of improvement as some of the others. Interesting race at though, Jim. I'm really looking forward to it, even if I, I may not have a bet. Yeah, the, the Christmas hurdle, mate. Uh, sh- <laughs> I mean, we get to see Constitution Hill again. There's no point talking about anything else. Uh, he's fives on. Epitont 7s, I like to move its 10s, Napasil and Soil are 14s, 33s bar then mate, uh, sit back and enjoy another demolition job. Yeah, simple as that, let's let's not put too much on this, we've got the second coming of Jesus Christ, please enjoy. My only minor, uh, minor idea revolving around this race, and I'm just going to have a little look now would be 50 to 1 as an each way price for I like to move it in the champion hurdle opinion 50 yeah mm, he's not a horse I'm an entirely big fan of to be really honest how can you not bet <laughs> I'm 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 not sure that Greatwood was a good Greatwood, gonna be honest. Sorry, that a champion bumper star Greatwood. Um he, he was second to Glory and Fortune in the bet fair, that form's fairly solid. I'd like to see him put another big performance forward again before I then go go for for that champion Like I think there's if State Man turns up he's better. If the bond turns up, I think he's better. Uh, the other week I said I thought First Street was better than I like to move it, so I'd have to back that up as well. I, I don't think I like to move it 
has hit his potential yet and he could still improve to it in future years. But he's, he won't be for me in Champions League. I, I don't think 50 is a bad price for him. Looking at the champion and anti-post betting. Because I think it's full of horses who may not go there. Honeysuckle, Epiton, John Bonner, Mighty Potter, a 20s and 25s. Neither of them run. That requires a miracle. Uh, you know, Bob Ollinger, same price as him. Pied Piper echoes in rain. Not names to be scared of. All shorter than I like to move it. Who finds plenty and is still on the upgrade. I think it's very, very easy to see him finishing second here. And then he's, by default, 20s and an each-way contender for the champion hurdle. Because you've kind of got Constitution Hill at the top of the pyramid. Then Stateman and Verbon are rung down. And then everything else. And it wouldn't surprise me if I liked to move it was best of everything else. And that might be good enough to nab third in the champion hurdle. You know what? I really wouldn't be surprised if they go two miles with Bob Ollinger. That could sound absolutely ridiculous. But the Bromhead's now not going to have Honeysuckle probably running in the champion hurdle. He's going to want to run a minute. What race fits Bob Ollinger probably? Champion hurdle screams out to me. Is the is the most likely option. It's interesting, mate. It's a very interesting shout. Uh, 50s, if you'd like to back Bob Ollinger for the champion hurdle. As we said, it's you know there's so much racing over Christmas, and this this is just going to be the sole podcast we do. So we aren't going to talk about any of the Kempton handicaps because we don't have prices for them. But we will touch briefly, Jim, on the feature at Weatherby, the Roland Merrick. Because the man, the myth, the Ahoy, uh, sorry, not the Ahoy Senyalo, he has entered. The man, the myth, lost in translation. We hope he's going up there, Paul. Yeah, as far as I know, I think it's all systems go for, for Weatherby on Boxing Day. Yeah, he's uh, lost, he's currently a 33 to 1 shot to win the role of Merrick. Shamblue's 5 to 1, Fav remastered sixes into overdrive sevens. Fontaine Colonge, eights. Happy go lucky, good to see him back. When he was placed in the rehearsal behind Lompressium into overdrive last time. Sounds Russian also nines. Hoysenio's 10 should he come here. Same price, Empire Steel. 12's bar, which include Shantry House himself. Uh, briefly, Jim, how do you see this? Look, lot, lot lost a fairly, fairly big price. Uh, quite a lot of good horses entered this year, though. Hopefully, it'll be a, it'll be a really strong event. Yeah, this is a proper good renewal of the Roland Merrick, and it's nice to see. It's often been forgotten about on Boxing Day, uh, with the King George and that Kempton meeting often taking centre stage. Uh, but Chamblou obviously was, was going to be a clear-cut winner of the, uh, the Charlie Hall last year, before falling three out when 25 lengths in front. Um, he rocks up into a handicap here. He was second last year at Aintree behind Sam Brown, Beaten fairly comfortably in the end. Um, his marks are saying here. Um, you know what you're going to get with Chamblou, but I don't. I'd probably look to take him on. I think there's a few. I think he's been put in favourite purely because it's the skeleton horse that's been sent up north, and you know I've got a target journey and how much decent form he has been in recent weeks. The two northern horses uh, sounds rushing into overdrive. I mean, sounds rushing has done. Next to nothing wrong over fences, really. Um, I thought he ran out eye-catchingly in the many clouds. Sort of hit a little bit of a flat spot. And he, his jumping went a little bit pop down the back straight. And then as they turned in, I thought he was going to be well beaten. But he stayed on fairly strongly. I mean, he didn't stay on as, as strongly as Noble Yates did down the outside flying. And with another 100 yards, I think he'd have been second. Uh, and... A, a, a galloping track such as Weatherbit, I think he'll be bang up his street. Uh, he was agonisingly denied in that in that uh, handicap at air, just being beaten by Dusar. Um, he won comfortably beating I right uh, when getting eight uh, six pounds off him. And the rear pause here, um, but Sounds Russian's a horse I've got an awful lot of time for. And, and this seems like the logical next move for him. 
I hope he makes up into a national horse. I think he's about 50s, 60s, 60s, 60s for the race. I won't, I won't put anyone off that at the minute. Um, but I think he's a worthy danger in this. Into overdrive, of course, bumped into La Home Press uh, at Newcastle. He's been on a seriously upward curve since. Uh, he pushed La Home Press all the way throughout the race. Uh, he's been put up four pounds for it. He's obviously significantly on the significantly on the improve. Um, the step up to three mile has seen it to, to even better effect. Um, he's a horse I wouldn't be uh, underestimating any time soon. Um, and what was the? I've lost the other horse I was I was about to give a mention to. Um, but happy go lucky. He's also a horse that both of us have had a lot of time for. And Lewis thinks us would have made up into a graded chaser last year. He might struggle to do that now. Um, however, I thought it was a significantly nice in start back uh, over fences behind Lahan pressing into overdrive after such a long absence off. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in this. If it goes Kim Bailey and David Bass round, round Weatherby is one of my favourite things to see and you know, well, plenty of success with that. Um, but other than that, it's a race I'm seriously looking forward to. Of course, we're going to go in there with loss uh, at a bigger price. And um, he missed the start last time in the in the Labrooks Trophy, and and that was through the fault of the starters' shabby, appalling tactics. Um, he was never going to get back into the race, but he he plodded on around well enough. There's there's still things to be won with him. I'm adamant, and his marks dropped to one four seven, dropped three pound for that. I'm looking forward to seeing him out. Weatherby's a track that always provides nice ground. I think he'll run a race. He'll be there or thereabouts. And I'll be cheering him on. Hopefully. Another brilliant performance from the mighty lost in translation. We've not quite had it from him on a boxing day yet, though, have we, pal? But hopefully. Every boxing day has been severely disappointed. I mean, last year I wasn't too disappointed with I thought he ran a cracker last year. But the two times before that, I think... He's been pulled up, hasn't he? And Halifax Town have been smashed on Boxing Day. Was was that the five nil against Stockport? And five one, we got a consolation goal. Five one on <laughs> Stockport. And there was another another game. I think we lost when he got pulled up on Boxing Day. I've never been awfully cheery on on one of the greatest days racing of the season. Um, but hopefully, he can pull something out of the fire this Boxing Day to make it up for all of it. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, mate, looking forward to it. As again, that, that's a little bit hard to, to preview without final decks, but it is, it is shaping up to be a, a really, really good good race this year. I hope Ray Mastered can finally get the big handicap chase he's deserved for a while. Uh, much respecting to Overdrive as well, though. I fully get why Shamblu is the favourite. We've got Fontwell, Huntingdon, Market Raisin, Newcastle, Wincanton, Wolves. Down Royal, all going on on Boxing Day as well. But the other graded graded events are at Leopardstown and Limerick in Ireland. Uh, the juvenile hurdle again, not much point talking about that. Lossy Mouth, a short price favourite with Cougar uh, second fav there. Uh, I say the the the, the Philly uh, pretty pretty short in the betting to follow up after beating Zarek the Brave. Last time, the novice chased him, the grade one at Leopardstown, uh, over two miles and a furlong. Is an interesting race, pal, on paper. Phil Dor, even money, to beat Hollow Games, who I was really, really impressed with on his chasing debut. So, why fives, dice at Dynamo Eights, uh, mighty pot of free strike life, uh, double figure prices, which means they probably won't run. Any opinion here, mate? Not not strongest, but like like you, I was a fan of Hollow Games with Chasing Debut. Um, of course, Elliot's got the, the two market leaders in this. I'd rather side with Hollow Games at 3-1 than Phil Dorr at 10-11. Um, of course, Dice at Dynamo, Chasing Debut is, is clearly interesting into Grade 1 company. Um, we probably didn't see him to best effect at Cheltenham, and we didn't certainly didn't see him to any good effect at Punchestown later on. Um but the fact that he's going here, he's also got the entry in the beginner's chase at Leopardstown. 
if this race cuts up, I wouldn't be surprised if Willie was to send him here. Um, but Hollow Games, I'd rather be back in at that price than, than Phil Barr, who's a horse who I think tries his best to bump into one every now and again. I mean, I know he's got his, his head in front um, three of his seven starts, uh, four of his eight starts, sorry, but he seems to bump into one more than more often than not and I think he should have been winning that race last time and, and he right, rightfully did. Yeah, really interesting on there, Phil Barrowis. Fancy to confirm the form of Sitmar. Dice at Dynamo, should he make his chasing debut in, in this race? I mean, who knows what to expect from him. I loved what he did at Punchestown in the Moscow Flyer. Uh, <laughs> and it was very, very hard to love anything he did either start after, but there's clearly such an engine in that horse. Uh, I think he's probably got a bit more natural ability than Phil Doros or White or Hollow Games if you can channel it in the right direction. That'll be interesting. The other grade one novice chase is the Fahin at Limerick. Jerry Colomb is 8-11 to 11 to beat Kilcrow, who's 9-4. to four. Uh, Judging by by prices again, Jim, it looks unlikely that the likes of Mighty Potter, Free Stripe, Live Guy, Adam and Hill will turn up here. Uh, and again, Jerry Colomb, right favourite to beat Kilcrow. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Colomb hasn't done anything wrong. Um... He's been short enough prices on all these starts. He's, he's not a horse that exactly grabs imagination, and we haven't seen him an awful lot. He's been kept at the, the lower tracks and, and picked off races nicely. Um, I mean, he he won that, that beginner's chase comfortably. However, though I think the farming behind is he's necessarily that good. Brom jumped like a snooker table. Tenzig's been beaten since. Um he sh- he should have been winning that after the, the poor jumping performance of Bron. Um, he's four to six slightly on the short side for me. Yes, probably. Um, but Phil Crook, we saw what he did on Chase's debut. Anyone could have done that, really, beating that field. Um, let's, be, let's be brutal about that. Um, he needs to step up. He has better form in the booking, higher graded races than Jerry Colomb has at this moment in time. And I know Jerry Colomb has the, the idea of, of more progression to come from him, but it's, it's too short a price for me to be back in. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I, I can't argue with any of that. Absolutely love, and this is one of the great things about racing, is that... Uh, Limerick's grade one, obviously named the Fahim novices chase, named after the one of the, the greatest hurdlers of the mor- of the modern era, is immediately preceded by the Mister Bin Man Mares handicap hurdle. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff in Ireland. Mister Bin Man just not a fair bit, don't they? He does. I'm the O'Kelly's brothers demolition, uh, dem- demolition, demolition hurdle. That's also a cracking name. Something for everyone, pal. Something for everything, whether you want a bin or you want to demolish your bin. Limerick will have you covered. Uh, what a place to be on St. Stephen's Day, they call it in Ireland, don't they? That's uh, more knowledge showing off at Christmas again. <laughs> uh, right. That's, that's everything on the 26th. We don't have... Uh, full entries are five days for the rest of Christmas. So the 27th gym, the Rewards Club chase, Shackham Portswire 11 to 8 to beat Blue Lord, Captain Guinea 6, Gentleman Demay 10, Andy Dufresne 14s, 18s Barlin. That's interesting, mate. Shackham Portswire at 11 to 8, Backer or Layer? Well, I've always been a layer of Shackham, so we'll, we'll lay it again. <laughs> I will go to my grave, laying Shackun and, and Champ. Uh, you love Shackun round Napa's town. I do. I do. I think Blue Lord's the best horse he'll come up against for a while. Well, no. In this, it, I mean, in this sort of event, yeah. That that's thanks for rescuing me there, Jim, because I was. <laughs> 
I'm going to say Reds against Inergamine last time, and I'm not one suggesting Blue Lords better than Inergamine. But yeah, I kind of... Before Blue Lord ran at Clon Mel, I thought he was too short to back at odds on. With Tornado, Flyer and Durasso there. Uh, and, And I was rather impressed. Stayed the trip really well over two and a half. Dropped back to two. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, how I'd assess it at the prices. Shackles are what they need to get past. Even, even he's second to an Ergamine at Punchestown last season. He's probably the best bit of recent forward offer. But he probably is on the downgrade. And he's Blue Lord on the upgrade. I'd say so. I, think, I don't think the step down in trip is necessarily a bad thing for Blue Lord. Like, I've always had him down as an out-and-out two-miler. And stepping up last time, I thought it was a little bit of a query, but he seems to, to cope with it fairly nicely. I'd rather back Blue Lord at nice. Interesting, mate. Interesting. Uh, the wayward lad is at Kempton on the 27th, Boot Hill. 6-5 to, to beat Lacta, Constance, Thunder Rock, Freeze, Orkham Risk, 6-15-2, Glory and Fortune. Any opinion there, mate? Boot Hill's a horse I've got an awful lot of time for. That run behind John Bon, or Jean Bon, uh, as, as Dave Yates has, has been calling him. Um, was a more than acceptable, um, more than acceptable performance and I think he's he's seriously on the upgrade and I, I'll probably be sticking with him here. What price was he again, Lee? Uh Boot Hill six to five. Yeah. Possibly too short for me for a novice year, but uh, well. Yeah, later on that card Edward Stone eight to thirteen to beat Nubin Negra who's eleven to four. Uh based on the Tingle Creek, no arguments with that. Uh not particularly interested for the graded races uh, elsewhere. I mean, look, the future champions novice hurdle for Seal Vegas, 130 on to be Irish Point, who ran a really good race. One second in the Royal Bond, the more experienced Ilete Tonks is seven. But again, uh, everyone's looking to double for Seal Vega up with Constitution Hill. Uh, Chepstow. Anything for you in the juvenile hurl, Jim? That's not my not my uh, area expertise at all. Uh, but you often you often have one for a ju- you often have a juvenile for me. Yeah, Spart- Spartan Army. I like that, that way. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Um, Spartan Army. I like what he did on debut. He was a nice horse on the flat. Um, Alan King's a trainer who's an excellent dual purpose and I'm sure they'll have a lot of fun with him and the McNeil family. Um, the form has taken a few knocks since, um, but he was always doing enough, jumped well enough, and I think he should be winning this. Isn't it? Hey, this shouldn't be a great speech, and it's disgraceful. Oh, I feel dirty for even saying it. Interesting stuff, mate. Interesting. Uh, the Welsh National, though. That's the sort of race we can get stuck into. Thank Christ. It's what this podcast's been crying out for. Quick Wave, 9 to 2. The Big Dog, 7s. The Galloping Bear, 15 to 2. Ask Me Early, 9s. Jericho Rock, 10s. Pat's Fancy, 12s. 14s. Our Power, Secret Reprieve. The Big Breakaway, 3 under through 5. 16 to 1. Bar them. Who wins a Welsh national, mate? Well. I'm going to go Portiski, and I thought his run was mostly eye-catching last time uh, over the national fences. Uh, and Henry Daly's already had a fair amount of luck with this horse throughout his career. He's, he's progressed um, out and out throughout his career and, and agonisingly missed out on a chance. Did he miss out on a chance in the national last year? Thoughts you know he ran. He unseated second. That was it. Uh, he beat Fiddler at Ascot uh, in the, the Silver, the Swinney Chase, sorry. Um, but he, he was never really in the 
the beach on. And then all of a sudden, the camera panned after jumping the last, and he was absolutely plodding on to his heart's content. And I thought that was a really a solid run from him. Um, I, I'm not sure the horses in front are uh, as strong a stay as, as he is, such as Percussion and Geskill. Um, and he plodded on nicely in the end after looking like he was never really in the race. Um, and at 25s, I thought a race like this would certainly be of his, his interest. Um, and that was the, the first proper time in a big field he'd run a proper race. Um, I still think there's a little bit of progression out of his mark to come. I thought 25s was slightly overpriced. Uh, the other horse I liked at bigger price, and I've mentioned her before, is Would You Be Well? Um, she'll be running out the handicap here. Um, however, she's a mare who I think wants extreme stamina sapping distances, and this is what it will be. Um, I was disappointed he didn't run any race last time. Um, dropped again in, in handicap mark, and I thought 33s was interesting. I respect Quick Wave because she absolutely obliterated um, that Sandown uh, London National. And at North did, did she ever look like she was going to get beat? The big dogs coming over, uh, who I think handicap mark is slightly on the high side. Uh, I mean, a few years ago, when Ask Me Early won in 2020, that handicap chase, uh, they, they were screaming out for the for going um, going for the Welsh Grand National, and he obviously picked up a few injuries and, and stuff like that since. So this has been the target for a fair few years. Uh, sneaks in here off a nice mark, and I think he will run a nice race. Pat's Fancy is another one who's been dolled up for this race for a fair amount of time, uh, and I. He had a spin round over hurdles and some of his best chasing form would, would put him into this equa- equation, but he's not exactly for me. It's it's a wide open renewal. Um, I've probably looked to take quick wave on with a few each way pumps, uh, but Forces Q will be heading that at 25s. Yeah, that's interesting, that, mate. That's very interesting because. I don't think he's taken to aim for even the start of the National, and he did catch the eye in the beach, uh, labouring from a long way out, but he did plug on. Two I'm interested in, mate, uh, both share the same ownership. It's the two McNeil horses, three under through five, who, say, we've still not really seen what he's capable of in a handicap, unseated early. Well, as early as it's possible to get at the first in the Hennessy. Obviously, he was a moral Matt, winner, though, wasn't he? Was the moral winner. Everything I back that loses is the moral winner. Uh, <laughs> rack, racked up a proper sequence in, in small field graded events last season over fences. Was out of his depth a little bit in the Brown Advisory. I'd have personally ran him in the four-miler. Uh, rated one five one. That could end up being a little bit lenient. That could end up being lenient. And I think he's, he strikes me as a sort of horse who could go on to make his mark felt in, you know, the proper top-end staying handicaps, like the Ladbroke Trophy, like the Grand National itself, rather than, you know, some previous Welsh National winners like Secret Reprieve, who just don't get into the Grand National. Uh, the other one in that ownership is Ascaria 10, who I backed and was very keen on for the National last season after he was just nabbed by any second now in the Bobby Joe. Heskin didn't really put him into the race at Aintree, kept him wide for a while and he was ran alright-ish without ever really threatening to, to win the race or make the frame. Uh thought it was a decent enough return at Furlis when he chased home the Rasso earlier this month. Still think he'll stay uh, you know, well, I don't think he said, I know he stays well based off his third in the National Hunt Chase when he chased home Galvin and Next Destination had, you know, Snow Leopard SME mastered behind him that day. Looks like good, you know, I've got to say looks like good form, but that, that was a strong, strongish renewal of the National Hunt Chase. Uh, yeah, they'd be the two against the field to me, though. I fully get why Quick Waves are the favourite and I fully get why the big dog and the galloping bear are also prominent, though halfway they might have shown their hands a bit too much at this stage. 
later in the week, Jim, the Savills chase. Apple Tars 6-4 to beat Conflated 7-2. 9-2 Statler. Galvin 6. Kenboy 10. 12's uh, Manella Rindo. 14's Bar. Apple Tar back or all layer at 6-4. Um, in this field, backer. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Um, I'm willing to give him a second chance. Um, fingers were burnt at, at, at Haydock as they often are. And I'd, I'd like him to bounce back here. And I, I think he will in a, in a disappointing renewal of the Savills, I think. I don't think there's an awful lot in it that's, that's going to challenge him, if we're going to be honest. I really think I can really see him bouncing back, but I don't think I'd back him at that short a price. I think Conflated Conflated's a bet. I think Conflated's a bet, mate. Uh, fancy him to come on from his reappearance at Down Royal. Uh, and I think he was in the process of running running really, really well at Cheltenham in the Ryanair. I think that confirmed the improvement he showed in the Irish Gold Cup. Seven to two, I'd, I'd give him a go. Leopard sounds in track, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that, that mate. That exactly that. And with, look, I, I hope Aftersa gets back back on track because I, I half, I say I'm still half considering backing him for the Gold Cup at this stage. Uh, but. I can. I think. I probably. I think he's a bit too short, and I think there are there are viable alternatives which who can all beat him, especially conflated. Statler. I mean, he he could just improve again this season. Galvin probably looks a bit flattered by by his defeat of Aplutar in the race last year, and I think kind of at the time, uh, flattered maybe not the word, but. Apoutar was an unlucky loser that day, and I think if you ran that race ten times, Apoutar would have won it eight, eight or nine of them. Uh, so happy to pass him over at the sixes. Yeah, completed and Statler, two for me, mate. Uh, with with more confidence in in the former of those. Anything in the Leopardstown Christmas hurdle, flooring Porter and classical dream of five to two. Giant uh, Favs. Jim's champion hurdle fancy Bob Bollinger is seven to two home by the Lee sixes. Uh, Zana here tens fourteens bar. No, I mean I'd like Bob Bollinger to absolutely get one so that the two mile plan goes into operation. Um, I don't think Classical Dream will run. I think he'll be kept fresh majority throughout the season. Um, not a race I'm overly enthusiastic or strong about. I mean, Florian Porter, of course, reigning champion of, of the champion hurdle two years, uh, stays hurdle two years in a row. Well, obviously set the standard, but I was slightly disappointed in his reappearance in the Lake Mullen. Um, I'd like to have seen a little bit more. Um, uh, but, yeah, not a race. I, I've put an awful lot of in detail at the minute, but I will probably look to take Florian Porter on. Yeah, that that's fair, mate. Look, I'm I'm finding it hard to have any sort of opinion on the races this far in advance. The other, the Grade One staying of his chase, Guy Adam Minnell six to four, five, uh, Minella Truna freeze, Jerry Colon who we think runs uh, at Limerick is fourth, free stripe life nine to two. I'm a massive fan of the Cruder, but Guy Adam Minnell. Uh, I thought he improved again when he was runner-up in the Drinmore last time. Six to four. I think that's one of the certs over Christmas. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. And I, I sort of have to back you up on that as well. And Stateman is, is nine to four on to beat Charger, who's 100 to 30 in the Charger race. Uh, it's probably his time up, isn't it? Uh, I see no reason why he should turn the tables on Stateman. Yeah, I agree. Stateman's a, 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 a proper champion hurdle contender in, in any other year, given there wasn't a certain constitution hill in it, and I think it's time to take over the reins in the dominance of this race. Yeah, my head always hurts after we do this podcast, mate. It always it's so much racing. It's just 
and bamboozled. Yeah. So I was especially talking about grade one after grade one after grade one, and you go, this old on shot should win, this old on shot should win. Uh, it's good fun to watch, and it's a brilliant period of racing. It's a shit period for making a racing podcast. <laughs> I'm sure I'll fancy something more than I've mentioned on here at Raisin on Boxing Day or somewhere like that. I might have an actual, an actual proper bet at some point. Uh, Jim, what's your Christmas nap? Uh, oh, I don't know why I was I was expecting this. Wasn't expecting this. Um, it'd be Brave Man's game in King George. Ah, uh, I'm not gonna say it anyway, but mine's Long Presse oh, in the King George, and that that that'd have been my pick no matter what, Jim. I'm not even doing it to be obtuse. Not like you. No, hey, it's Christmas. What's your what's your one Christmas wish going into the new year? You have one. My uh, Christmas wish would be that Mossy Translation and Miranda both win on Boxing Day. If that but if both things happen, you might never see me ever again. My Christmas wish is for Muller to start making the Alabama uh, fudge Muller corners again. Off topic as usual, and, and it won't be a, a Christmas special without it. Unbelievable tackle, them. Do you remember them? They've not made them for about fifteen years. But I'm going to be controversial. There. I'm not a Mullacorn yogurt fan. Of course you are, because James Watson hates pleasure and joy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, thanks for another another fun year. Well, fun to a degree. Of turf talk. Uh, <laughs> no, thank, thank, thanks for thanks for all the support. It's always much much appreciated. Uh, thanks for all your editing skills and all your company this year as well, Jim, and, and all the winners you've provided the podcast. Thank you very much. And, and all four, all four the, of them. <laughs> <laughs> all them four winners have been well worthwhile, and all your excellent analysis. Uh, due to your stopwatch abilities have have been very helpful. Yeah. Thank you. My eight hours of work a day uh, when when I conclude in 70% of the time to back the (laughs) favourite. Superb work. Absolutely superb. Uh, We live the dream, pal. We live the dream. No, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas, James. Take care. We might see you in the new year. We might see you before. Who knows? Uh, But enjoy it. Have a really good festive period. And, uh, yeah, let's punch some winners on Boxing Day and in the days following. Get in there. See you soon. See you soon.